Hey, Family Church, how are you doing? Hope you're all doing well. Um, you join me here today um, on this new series that uh, it's my privilege to share uh, with you all. Um, and it's a series that's close to my heart, things that I've been through, things that I've um, kind of experienced in my own life. So I really, through this series, will be speaking um, very much from some of my own personal uh, walk with the Lord. But hopefully my prayer is that you will be encouraged and you will be inspired. Um, and hopefully you will find freedom in an area of your life that maybe you are battling or struggling. And the, the, the name of the series that we're going to be starting is this. What are you carrying? What are you carrying? Um, and I think in so many areas of our life, we're all carrying something. Um, for me growing up, very much was carrying everything. It felt like I had a weight on my shoulders all of the time. And I'm sure there's some of you out there right now that can probably relate to that, that you've heard the phrase that you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. And um, my life, I remember as a child, was very, always very felt very heavy. And I was always kind of weighed down with lots of cares and lots of things that were going on. Often you would have found me walking down the street with my head down and just walking along. And I often got to know the path way much more than I did that that was in front of me because my head was always weighed down with just so much going on. Um, and you know, there's so much in this world that can um, cause us to carry things, things like hurt. You know, when someone's hurt us, that causes us to carry that hurt, regret. And I'm sure there's so many of you out there that you've regretted doing something, regretted saying something, regretted um, something in your life. And sometimes if we're not careful, that then we end up carrying that regret. Unforgiveness is a really big one. Sin you know, doing things we know we shouldn't do. And, you know, how many of us have been there and you just carry it and you feel so weighed down by it? What about pain? All these things create a pain in us. And sometimes without realizing it, we just walk around carrying pain and carrying hurt and all these things on us. And I'm sure the list could go on and on and on. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be unpacking some of the things um, that in life we find ourselves carrying. As I said, growing up, my life was a battle with these things. I very much felt like everything was on me. Um, to the point when I was 16 years old, I'll never forget, it was a really horrible time of my life. Um, very dark, um, even when I think back of it now, it gives me shivers because I was weighed down so much with uh, a depression upon my life. Um, I couldn't sleep. I struggled with just being able to get on with life. Everything seemed so hard. The littlest of tasks just seemed so hard. And I remember going to the doctors um, and he, he kind of um, sat me down and talked to me and they put me on medication to help me um, get through it, but also medication to help me sleep because I just couldn't sleep. I just felt so overwhelmed with life. Things had just become so much. But actually, as a Christian now, I look and think, what does Jesus actually ask me to carry? Am I called to carry the weight of all those things? Am I, you know, going back to my 16-year-old self where I feel like I need to carry the weight of all of this stuff that's going on in my life? Or, or does Jesus give us another option? And I think he gives us the greatest option that we're going to take a look at. And it reads this in Matthew 11, 28 to 29. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This is beautiful. That Jesus actually says that we take a yoke upon ourselves. That's actually from him. And that actually he'll give us rest. He's gentle and humble. I mean, this is not carrying the weight of the world. Um, this is very much different. And there's something else that Jesus also asks us to carry. 
in Matthew 16, 21 to 24, you can read um, this moment that, that, that the disciples are having with Jesus. And he says this in verse 24 of Matthew 16. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So isn't that incredible that Jesus isn't asking us to carry nothing. He's not asking us just to sit here and do nothing. In fact, Christians are not excluded from carrying stuff. You know, sometimes we might think, you know, I'm a Christian now, it's cool, I'm, I'm free from all those things. But actually, no, there are requirements. Jesus requires us to carry something. And I believe those things are this, the yoke of relationship to him and also the selflessness of the cross. I believe we're, we're supposed to carry selflessness of the cross in our everyday situations, which means not thinking about ourselves, but putting others first. That's what the cross did. And also the yoke of relationship. When Jesus says, take my yoke upon me, we're yoked with him, which means we're in relationship with him. So I believe as Christians, we're called to carry those things. Now, Jesus never asked us to carry our worries. He never asked us to carry our anxieties. He never asked us to carry our regrets. He never asked us to carry our shame. He never asked us to carry our pain. And he never asked us to carry our hurts or to carry any mistakes. He asked us to carry our cross. And why does he ask us to carry the cross? I believe it's this, because the cross is a reminder to everything else that you are not bound by your failures and you are not bound by your past mistakes. You are not bound by all the silly things that you got wrong. The cross is a sign to everything else that you are free from everything that you've got wrong, from everything that's been done against you. You're free from all the unforgiveness, all the bitterness, all the hurt, you're free. And if we are to carry our cross more than we are to carry all the other stuff, well, the cross screams to the other stuff, get behind me, because it has no room to be in your life anymore. So this is what I want us to talk about over the next few weeks, about the things that we do carry, but that Jesus isn't actually asking us to carry. And hopefully, as we start to unpack some of this stuff, freedom will start to break out in our own lives. A joy will start to break out in our own lives. A sense of actually, I can do this, God, in your strength, will start to break out in our own lives. And I've got a couple of things that I want to talk about specifically in this first opening part of the series. Um, I'm going to mention a couple of words, but I've got kind of three points around it that we're going to kind of unpack as we do. And I think this, these are really kind of hot words for now. I think um, in society, we hear these a lot. And that's the words anxiety and depression. Again, it's something that I struggled with growing up massively. Um, but it's something that when I look around at the generation around us, the society around us, you know, most conversations in some way or some form, you're hearing the words anxiety or depression, or you're hearing someone of suffering in these things. And I believe we live in a society today where this is just rampant. Um, you know, depression literally is the feeling of hopelessness. I've experienced it. It's the feeling of there's no better future. I've got nothing ahead. Nothing's going to work. It's all going wrong. Depression actually comes from the word to be pressed down. You know, that feeling of heaviness, and I'm sure maybe some of you today, are, uh, you know, listening to this, have experienced it as well. That feeling of heaviness that the world can put on you, circumstances can put on you, situations that we can't control make us feel weighed down. Dejected, you know, that feeling of just, oh, I can't do this anymore. But you know what? The other word we're going to look at is anxiety, which is 
worrying about outcomes that we have got no control over, things that are happening or have happened. So often we have an anxiety about our lives because of an outcome that we think might happen, but we actually don't know whether it will or won't. And so we overthink in our mind about the situation, and then we end up crumbling under the, under the weight of the thoughts that we're thinking. Listen, we're not called to try and have control over every other thing. We're not called to be worrying about everything ahead of us. We're not called to be thinking about all of these things. We're not meant to be doing all of that because when you do, the weight of it is too much for us. Let me prescribe you something today that I love from the book of Proverbs 4.22. It says this. Well, actually, let me read from verse 20. Proverbs 4.20 through to 22. It says this. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Come on, this is awesome. That actually the word of God is health to our whole body, not just to our physical body, but the internal parts of who we are. God's word is the answer for our deepest anxieties, to our deepest hopelessness. God's word brings truth into the situation when all we've been listening to is lies. God's word will bring freedom, will bring victory, I've experienced in my own life when everything seemed too much, when everything was weighing me down, when I dig into the word and I start hearing things like through Christ, I can do all things. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. My soul starts to lift up, lift up and my body starts to fall in line. And I'm like, come on. Yes, we can do this. Everything starts to change. But we need to allow the word of God to be fruitful in us. We need to be taking it on board. You know, as I said, the world around us is full of anxiety and depression. And I appreciate that, you know, depression is a very serious thing. And, um, you know, and, 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 it, and it is there's clinical depression, which is a, a very severe thing that I even suffered with myself. But there is healing and it, there's healing in the name of Jesus. And I believe that with all my heart. And I've just got three things today that I want to kind of tackle in the, tub, the subject of anxiety and depression. Um, three things that I think can can really cause issues within this area that if we're not keeping it under control, then I think anxiety and depression will run rampant in our life. The first thing is this, worry. The definition of worry is this, to torment oneself or to suffer from disturbing thoughts. That's what worry is. And I'm sure there's many of you out there that worry. I'm a worrier by old nature. That's what I used to do. We used to worry about everything. Um, I, I, I was known as a catastrophizer. I'm sure some of you will be familiar with the terminology to catastrophize in your thoughts. I was a massive catastrophizer. If someone said to me, um, oh, we're going to be doing this, I'd be, ex- I'd, in my mind, I'd be like, no, that ain't going to happen because. That ain't going to happen because. I'd always be looking at the most severe kind of worst outcome that could come from that situation. And that was from my early childhood. I just lived with this catastrophizing mind that everything was not going to be okay. Um, I would always believe the worst in every outcome, no matter what the situation, no matter how good the situation would be, I would always look at it and think, well, no, it's always going to go wrong. And my mind was so warped with this mentality, little things, like even if I was to go on holiday, I'd be looking at why this holiday would go wrong. And so rather than enjoying a holiday, my whole holiday was me worrying about why it could all go wrong. And then you end up finishing the holiday more stressed out than than before. And it's just like, actually... We're not called 
to live with a mind that just worries about every other thing, worries about what's going to happen here, what's going to happen here. If we do, we're going to be overwhelmed with anxiety because it's too much for us to contain. It's too much for us to control. And we can't control those things. You know, even as a kid, being really vulnerable, I used to worry all the time about death, all of the time. As a child, I was nervous that, I, that today would be my last day. And I'd go to bed, wake up, today will be my last day. And it was really unhealthy, but I was nervous. I was scared all the time about death. And again, living a life of worry, all it does is make you feel so anxious about everything. Anxious about going places. Anxious about seeing people. Because you're just always nervous and worried about it. Um, and actually... You know, for me, my life went down a really dark path because of all this stuff. And the only way I found help as a teenager before knowing God was to take to things like drugs and alcohol because it kind of crushed that anxiety for a moment, but left me feeling so hopeless and empty when I came to. But you know what? The Bible's got the answer for our worries. And his name is Jesus. And he gives us so much truth to take hold of when it comes to things like worrying. The greatest scripture I know on worrying is in Matthew 6 when Jesus is speaking and doing these incredible teachings. He's speaking to people about not worrying. Um, and it says this in Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will, what you will wear. It's not, it's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of them, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Come on, that's incredible, because Jesus is speaking truth here. Can worrying add anything to our life? No, in my experience, it takes away from my life. It robs me of life. Goes on in verse 28. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory was dressed like any of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? See, it comes down to us trusting God, doesn't it? See, I, I get why the world worries because they've got no hope. But as a Christian, I want to speak truth into your world today that Jesus is your hope. That all we need to do is have faith in the one who's provided everything. See, the worries don't have to be there when we know who our father is. Our father is a good, good father that provides everything we need. He goes on to say, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And isn't that the truth? That every day has enough trouble of its own. Even Jesus said, don't think about too much ahead, because too much thinking of things ahead will just cause your life to implode. You'll just be stuck. You'll be struggling, always trying to think about, oh, is that going to work? Is this going to work? Listen, let me speak truth. Just stop and breathe and start thanking God right now for his peace. Start thanking God that his word is truth, that he's in control, that he's got it, that you don't have to be in control, that he is in control. All he asks you to do is seek his kingdom. What's that? Taking up your cross. Be yoked to him. Have relationship with him. He's got you covered on every other side. 
Don't feel the need to take on board things that God is wanting to do for you. Jesus never said worry about your life and he never said worry about every day, about the things you need. Worry about the things, and he said never worry about the things that haven't happened yet because the reality is we can't control those. No, we we need to just trust him. Philippians 4, 4 and 7, Paul absolutely brings us a brilliant bit of scripture regarding how we deal with certain anxieties in our life. See, Jesus says not worrying about this, not worrying about that, putting God first. Well, Paul says this in Philippians 4, 4 to 7, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Come on, this is incredible. I love the fact that Paul says, actually, start with rejoicing. Start with thanksgiving. Start with thanking God for where you're at. Thanking God for the, I know it's sometimes hard in the midst of depression, in the midst of anxiety to thank God for anything, but there'll always be something to be thankful for. Thankful for the air. Start rejoicing for what you have. Thankful for breathing. And I'm telling you, that will overflow into a heart of joy, a heart of flowing away from yourself onto God. Um, And he encouraged us not to be anxious, but by giving us this application in verse six, he tells us to um, be anxious about, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present our requests to God. So what do we need to do when we're feeling anxious? Don't internalize it. Don't hold it in thinking, I need to sort it out. You lift up your eyes and you look to God and you say, God, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm going on. This is what's trying to get on me. Lord, I lift it to you and I give it to you. Now your peace comes upon me because in verse seven, the results of the application of giving it to God are this, that we get peace, peace upon our lives. The peace of God that goes beyond natural understanding or working out. It guards our hearts and our minds. See, worrying starts in the mind and it stems into the heart and from the heart we live. See, when we start allowing worry into our mind and then we start living it out, everything becomes a worry. But God's not asking us to worry and take hold of this. In fact, Paul says, rejoice. Then if you're anxious, give it to God and watch what happens as you do. Peace starts to come. Peace in the midst of storms. Peace in the midst of the most chaotic situations. The first thing I I, I really encourage us to do when we're feeling anxious is to start thanking God and lifting it to him. The next thing that we can be struggling with is overthinking. This is a classic one. And it kind of stems with worrying, really. They kind of go hand in hand. And for me, growing up, I was a massive overthinker. I would sit and think about everything. And um, as I said just a minute ago, I had a drug problem. And so smoking weed every day used to cause massive issues. Although it kind of, I, I went kind of into a different world, I would think so much that my mind became so undisciplined and untrained that I just thought on everything and anything whenever I wanted to. And the dangers of that is we open ourselves up to almost overthinking and overanalyzing stuff that makes us carry stuff that we don't need to be carry. We're working out things all the time, trying to carry that, trying to carry this. And actually, that's not healthy because I think what happens is you become bogged down in your own mind, in your own thoughts, and actually you end up carrying a lot of weight in your life that actually was never meant to be yours to carry. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. 
and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Isn't that good that we take captive every thought and bring it to the obedience of Christ? I like this because often you just read through that and think, yeah, come on, take thought. But the practicalities of it are quite simple in, in the sense that when you take something captive, it, it has to surrender to you. It's no longer running rampant, doing what it's doing. It becomes under your authority and you tell it what to do. So taking thoughts captive is simply monitoring what's coming into your mind and saying, actually, that does not sit right with what God's saying. And you take it captive and you say, no, God, I'm not thinking on such things. I'm not going to allow that thought. I'm not going to entertain that thought. I'm not going to sit there. I did it for years. I used to sit and entertain any thought, thoughts of negativity, daydreams in my mind, outcomes, situations. I just used to sit and sit and think and think. And actually, do you know what? An untrained mind like that is going to feel heavy. It's going to feel anxious. It's going to feel worried. But actually, do you know what? We've got to learn to take captive and say, no, God, I'm not. Even if that's my flesh is wanting to do it, I'm not going to allow that thought to entertain my mind. I'm going to take it captive. Romans 12 verses 2. Paul says again, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Only when we renew our mind can we start to understand what God wants for our life. We can't understand what God wants for our life the whole time we're allowing our own thoughts to flow everywhere and delve into deep things that aren't really relevant for us and making us feel anxious and worried about everything. In fact, actually, our mind needs to be renewed according to the word of God. So actually that is the word of God living in us, flowing us. Then we have that yoke of relationship with Jesus through his word that we actually feel, actually, God, you've got this. I'm not going to overthink about the situation and look at all different outcomes that ha- what could happen. Instead, I'm just going to let you be in control. You know, renewing our, wor- uh, our mind also is about praying with God, isn't it? It's about allowing the word of God in us, but also having a constant prayer life with God where we talk to him. We let him know what we're going through because he knows he sees our heart. And Paul even gives us these practical steps, which I think is brilliant. Whenever you're reading Paul's teaching, you'll know he starts with kind of a theology and always a practical outcome at the end of his teachings. And in Philippians 4, 8 and 9, he says this. He doesn't just leave us with what we, what, you know, what in Philippians 4 we, we read earlier about being anxious for nothing. But he goes on to say, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and then the God of peace will be with you. I love that because he's actually saying, think on good things. Don't be thinking on things that oh, that could happen and oh, that could hurt me and then I could, that could go wrong. If you're thinking like that, you're going to walk in life feeling heavy and anxious about every situation. No, think on things that are good. Don't think on things that are bad. We live in a bad world. It's not to deny that the bad's out there, but you, you live with a good, good God that loves you and cares for you. So think on things that are above. Think on things that are, are heavenly. Think on things that are true and noble. Think on things that are pure. Don't be walking around with a lustful mind. That's because, again, you're going to be warped with all this kind of heaviness. You're, it's not for you to carry. Think on things that are pure. Think with a heart that's pure. We need to have a disciplined mind and just be in control of what is coming in and out. Filter things and say nope and yes to things that are good. Amen. And the last thing I just want to finish on is this. And I think it's something we all struggle with in this world is fear. You know, we, you know, we look at worry, we look at overthinking 
And I think they go hand in hand. And I think the result of a lot of those is fear. That actually, if we're going to look at anxiety and, and depression, all these things, it's often gripped because of a life gripped by fear. The, de the definition of fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, or pain. And that's whether the threat is real or imagined. We can allow fear into our life. I'm sure you've all seen the movies and you've gone to the cinema or you've at home seen something on the TV even that's been a little bit like, whoa, that's a bit scary. It can make you feel quite scared straight away. Yet it's not real. It's just a movie that's been made up. Yet fear seems to still become real. And that's the interesting thing. Even though the things aren't real, fear is very real. And the world in which we live in today is, is so much fear. You know, the news and everything that's going on, often fear can go down the road of your health. Be careful, this is on the rise, this is on the rise. And people are gripped, oh my goodness, I can't do that because could catch this or could catch that. You know, danger, oh, crime's on the rise, war's happening. Oh my goodness, I, I'm not gonna go out of my house, I'm terrified. And fear can grip the heart of man. Financial crisis, money, it's, everything's going up. It's screaming at you, be, be afraid, be afraid, things are going wrong, but actually, it's terrible because that's not what we're called to be as Christians, is to be afraid of everything that's going on around us. In fact, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. We don't have that upon our life, but he's given us a spirit of power, of love and of self-disciplined or sound mind. Our duty is not to allow the voice of the world to dominate our soul. Our duty is to allow the voice of God to just flow in us, to allow the word of God to flow in us. What does God say about the situation? What does he think about this situation? See, that's what we should be looking at, not what the world's saying, because the world is in crisis. But in Christ, we have everything we need. We have the peace. We have the joy. We have the provision. And you know what? Whatever's going on on the outside, that's not going to dictate or change what's going on in the inside of my heart. God, you've got me. You've got me. Come on. This is what we need to be saying. Fear's not got me. God's got me. I'm not going to be afraid of everything around me because God is with me. And like I said earlier, if God is with me, who can be against me? Who can be against me if God is with me? And so don't let fear grip your heart. You know, I'm always encouraged because often, you know, as Christians, we think everything's going to be rosy all the time. Like we're going to have this incredible lies and we are inside. We can. But actually, we're always going to face storms on the outside. That's just a part of the world we live in. It's a fallen world. It's broken. Jesus said this. In John 16, 33, as he's encouraging his disciples, I have told you these things so that in you, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Isn't that encouraging? That Jesus has overcome the world. So if we're yoked to him in relationship, we don't need to carry the weight of the world. We carry him who's overcome the world. And yes, troubles come knocking, but we just let them see the savior on the inside. That he's won the victory. You know, life will always have its storms. The disciples went through many storms, most of them being martyred. But yet they were victorious in everything they did because of Christ. So we, not, we shouldn't let external situations dominate us. We should allow the internal peace of God dominate the, the external situations. We should let the peace of God talk to the storm, not let the storm override us. Don't let fear grip your heart. Instead, let God's joy and peace speak to the fear and tell it to leave in the name of Jesus. So that's what I, I, my encouragement for you today, wherever you're at, whatever your place you're at in life. I've got one last scripture that I'm going to read to you that 
uh, as we do, and, and then I'll pray. But what we've got to make sure we're doing is not overthinking about things in our life, not worrying too much about these things in our life, learning to, to, to have relationship with God, allowing his word in, and don't let fear grip your heart. And let me finish with this. In 1 Peter 5, verse 7, you'll be familiar with this scripture, which says, cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We're told to cast our anxieties, our worries, just like Philippians said, onto God. But, you know, there's a key bit in verse six that says this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And then he says, cast all your anxieties on him. For care. Do you know what? God does care for us. And he wants us to cast our anxieties onto him. But it starts with humbleness. It starts with accepting I can't do this. You know, I'm not in control anymore. That God, you have to take control. That we have to take the backpack of our life of worry, anxiety, fear, all those things and throw it. Cast it onto God and say, God, I can't do it anymore in my own strength. That it has to be you. I can only do what I see you doing. And honestly, the the release that you're going to get when you realize, actually, God, you're in control. You're going to realize that you don't need to carry these things anymore. You're not going to have to carry worry. You're not going to have to overthink over situations. And you're not going to have to walk into situations with fear, thinking the worst. Instead, you can walk in with peace, knowing that you're already victorious before the day's begun. You're already a winner before it's even started. That there's nothing to strive for except for relationship with God. Amen. Father, I thank you for every person listening. That, Lord, may your peace reside in their hearts right now as anxiety and depression and fear and all the other things attached to it is lifted off in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, have a fantastic day.